Spooky gay listeners, this is my spooky gay family. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I am Sam Baxter. <laughs> what? what do you want from me? <laughs> like literally no descriptors I, whatsoever. I, okay. I am Sam Baxter. <laughs> I was sent from the future. Do you want to do it again? <laughs> I am Sam Baxter. <laughs> I am only one sip into this Red Bull. <laughs> Did I tell you that David actually... Uh, was photographing the woman who played one of the Terminators in T3 this no. weekend in, in Los Angeles. David is a photographer. He's a professional uh, graphic designer and artistic director and a photographer. And he was in Los Angeles this weekend. He was actually photographing some very notable people. And I hate um, him. I know. <laughs> I hate he, him so he, much. he was photographing. He actually has photographed a lot of people who have been in uh, horror sci-fi Things he did the woman from T three who played um, one of the female she played the female Terminator I believe, Um, and he he shot the woman who played the (laughs) the woman who gets like possessed in Blair Witch two, and he actually also this weekend photographed the infamous Mistress of the Dark Elvira herself. (laughs) How jealous are you? I. I, I, there are no words. Like, I, I would happily die to inflate her beehive further. So it's not like... <laughs> Do you like, think it comes with, like, a bicycle pump? She just... <laughs> uh, David actually did say that it, um, she's basically a drag queen with the amount of stuff it takes to, like, get into all... And she is I mean, a beautiful woman. I, I know, he <laughs> would know. She is a beautiful woman. Cassandra Peterson is a beautiful, beautiful woman. Yes, she is. She absolutely is. And, and apparently so very funny. nice. Yes, he said she was very, very sweet, um, and he said she's very funny and very forthcoming with uh, with valuable information. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of valuable information did she like give him her pin number? Like, what no, she, she was. Talking? He was saying that she uh, <laughs> she was very eager to talk about like her experiences on Drag Race and uh, you know everything that she did with RuPaul and and all that stuff. She, he said it was a really fun experience. So uh, wait, hold on. Oh, God, that, that Red Bull. We drink Red Bull before every podcast to, like, amp ourselves up, and this time it is just not, oh, God, agreeing with me. My goodness, it is attack of the killer Red Bull. Um, yes, yeah, so David is just, uh, David is away right now in Los Angeles. He's doing some photography projects, and he's even doing some video projects uh, because he works for a very large corporation, and they're out there filming some things. Um, and so we are here today all by our lonesome with, with, it's just me and Sam and Sam's wife, Sarah, are just hanging out in my apartment and we're going to play some retro video games and record a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In the interest of full disclosure, like doing the podcast is kind of the, like, you know, this is the salad. 
Yeah, basically, <laughs> this is our this is our appetizer. Like, we, like we're stupidly into it, but it's still kind of like it's a really good salad. But the steak is coming up. <laughs> that I, and that really is what it is. I think we warm ourselves up for the night by recording a podcast, and then we jump into <laughs> video games. Last time we you came over, we were going yes. to record a podcast, and I was like, "Fuck this, I'm tired. Let's just play Left for Dead." <laughs> And so we shot zombies for a few hours. It was wonderful. Which I mean is wonderful stress relief on a bad day. <laughs> if you guys have never played Left 4 Dead, it is the best game I think that was ever made for Xbox 360. I, I think it's definitely the best zombie game ever made. What I, would you argue is the best game? Ever made or for the 360? For 360. Um, Fable. Oh. Fable and Fable 2. Fable 3 was kind of lame. But, we were um, rooting for you. We were all rooting for I you. I like fantasy stories. Fable. You know that. Like, like I love horror. Horror is like my first love, but, but fantasy is my true love. I just... So it's kind of like... <laughs> I, my, my thing is when I am playing a video game like that, I want it to be entirely mindless. I don't want a huge story arc. I just want to run around and shoot things and, and go crazy. That's all I want. Yeah, I want to like kick chickens and kill a lot of bandits. <laughs> I want to kick chickens. It is a staple in the Fable series. Anyone who played these games will know that like it's basically a mini game to wander around kicking the chickens. Like, like, but like, what is the thing. draw of kicking the chickens? They make a funny noise. What is the noise? It sounds like a chicken that has been kicked. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you're going to trap me into doing that. <laughs> it sounds like Eric Idle in A Fish Called Wanda. He's like... <laughs> it's a little more like Alan Tudyk and Moana, just like. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Oh my goodness! So today we are not talking about zombies. Unfortunately, or I know I, I steered us <laughs> down that that path by accident simply because I'm so excited about playing video games later. Um, today we are actually doing our very first uh, sub. What what the hell am I talking about? It's, it's, it's a sub series within sub-series. the podcast. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go over this for a second. <laughs> so, listeners, today we are doing a little spooky sidetrack. We are going to be talking about subgenres of uh, horror. Specifically, we are going to be getting into slashers. We want to talk today about the genre of slashers within the horror lexicon. <laughs> so many big words right? today. We had considered calling it a subgenre sabbatical. We were going to prep you guys for your SATs. Nice the, yeah, well, there, were, there were a bunch of ideas. <laughs> subgenre sabbatical, subgenre <laughs> sidetrack. We basically sat here for hours. Uh, I'm still rooting for uh, subgenre side quest because now I really want to play Fable. Side quest. <laughs> if I have to hear about Fable one more goddamn time. It's a good game. stupid chickens. It was an amazing game. <laughs> It's basically just choices the game. Choices it's wonderful. The ga- it's choose your own adventure, the game. That's every game. Every game is choose your own adventure. <laughs> not every game. That's true. We're going to be playing Road Rash later, and that's definitely That is not, not choose, choose your own adventure. adventure. Some of that is literally choose someone else's adventure. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what Road Rash is, you did not grow up in the 90s, and I don't know why you're listening. <laughs> so, <laughs> go buy a Sega. Yeah, go Oh, Sega Genesis. I miss Sega Genesis. I miss Sega Genesis. I miss Sega Genesis. I miss the original PlayStation. I miss when you could play a game with four people on one system. That's what I miss. <laughs> I've, I've officially become that old man who yells at squirrels to get off his yard. <laughs> because I do, I'm like, I don't like modern See, video games. I don't games. yell at squirrels. I can yell at EA, specifically. Yeah, well, EA games, EA specifically. fucking sucks. <laughs> it's like, we're going to make a Star Wars game. 
but you have to pay $60 for the game, and then you have to pay, like, $120 every month to keep playing the game, but you can't play with people you like, and you need to spend more money if you want to be any good at it. Well, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I play these stupid games on my phone. Like, I play a game called Amateur Surgeon, which is a great game, but they're like, oh, all you have to do is spend $5.99 to do this thing if you want to do it now, or you can wait six hours. And it's like, fuck you. I would gladly pay you $25 or $40 for a good game if I never had to pay you another nickel ever again. I feel like maybe we should have just done this episode about video games. I know. I, we, we really got into the, we got into it. Uh, we went, we've already gone on our first tangent. <laughs> I do. I really hate that video games have gotten to a place where, like, some fucking asshole at some major video game uh, production company was like, oh, if we have uh, in-app or in-game purchases, we can make a lot more money off of people. Well, it's essentially, it's the slot machine concept. It's the longer you play, the more invested you are, which means the more likely you are to spend a ton of money. I know. But inevitably, I have had games where I have spent money on them in app, especially on my phone, that's really where it gets me. Is in phone on my phone, in app purchases because it does not feel like real money. No, it feels totally fake until you get your <laughs> statement at the end of the fucking month. Yeah. And I have spent like I have realized that I've spent like fifty dollars in a month before on in app purchases, and I'm like, that is my cue to delete the app. And yeah. I and I'm like, I I hope that I, I sometimes I wonder. I'm like, our generation has no ability to send messages to to corporations the way other people would like boycott and do things like our our generation cannot boycott we're like oh you want five dollars <laughs> a minute to play this game oh fine it's like uh, what, what are we doing stop playing these games take your children's phones away so that we can all have good games again but never mind i was going to you're gonna hate me so what? i'm gonna say it I was gonna say the thing is though, like some of those games are actually like like it's one of those things. I would have paid fifty dollars to play Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery. Like I would have paid fifty dollars for that game if it mm-hmm. came in a cartridge. So like I feel like just setting yourself a spending limit and say I'm not going to pay more than I would have spent on this if I bought it at GameStop is kind of the only way to handle that. <laughs> that is true to a certain extent, but then it comes back to the fact that you're not just spending $50 over the course of playing it. Right. You're spending $50 a month on a game like that because the game will go on and on, and inevitably, if you're playing it casually like we are, yeah. you're not spending that money no. often. So it's going to keep going and going and going, and that is how... They get you for it. And it, it's so annoying because it's like, I would have spent 40 or $50 on a good game if it's well-produced, if it has good graphics, if it has a good storyline, if it's fun to play. Like, I will spend money on that. Don't nickel and dime me for this fucking nonsense. It's so stupid to me. So anyway, slashers. slashers yeah. are <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about slashers. We are not going to be talking about amateur surgeon. Which is, slash the oligarchy. <laughs> slash the oligarchy. Um I, well, speaking of the oligarchy, I have things I want to talk to you about later. Oh, no. Sam and I love to have like political conversations because we're too, we're like the snowflakes in our family, and and our poor father is like we're not the rah, only rah, snowflakes. Rah. No, most I, I would say probably all of our siblings at this point are, uh, at least to some degree, snowy. Yeah, no, I, I mean it's well, we all white, but um, like, <laughs> it's not. I, I think there's there's a handful of slush in in yeah there's some in slush. all of us, um, yeah. but listen, yeah, no. I 
I don't care who is 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 centrist or a step closer to centrist. I just care if I, I don't think we should get into this. No, I think it's stupid. Okay. Um, but going back to what we were talking about yes. today, <laughs> <laughs> take three. Take three. <laughs> Today we will be talking about slashers uh, yeah. because it is a subgenre of our favorite genre, which is horror. So today we're talking about uh, everything having to do with slasher movies. Sam, I know that you're a big fan of slashers. Slashers are my very favorite subgenre. They would are, you say? Yes, I think so. I think it's. I think ghost stories and supernatural stories scare me more, but slashers are the one where I'll go see every single one because I just enjoy them. Because it's entertaining. Yeah, and it's most of them aren't scary, really, like unless they pull out something completely new. But, which rarely happens <clears throat> Which very days. rarely happens, kind of on purpose. But yeah. um, Which we'll kind of get into later. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, sl- slasher movies are, you know, they're my popcorn movie. Like, that's what I want to go see when... I'm just kind of like, you know what? I kind of feel like going out. Like, I'm, I'm going to go watch a bunch of teenagers get murdered. And who doesn't enjoy that? But Especially <laughs> at the movies. I, I, again, back to the old man <laughs> yelling at the clouds in the sky. I hate going to the movies because I hate teenagers. I hate people who make noise. I, I Like, I, I would pay double the price of a movie ticket if I could rent it at home and watch it while it's in theaters. I just want it on record that I'm the one staying on topic this week. I'm on topic. I know. <laughs> I'm on topic. I'm just also complaining about young people. <laughs> You're 30. You, how dare you reveal my age? I have revealed my age on every single episode of this podcast so far. Like, at some point during the episode, I am forced to reveal that I am 33. Well, your words, not mine. <laughs> So why don't we go ahead and get and and just jump right yeah, into this topic? Uh, I also <laughs> happen to love horror films that are slashers. I love watching people get cut to bits and and gutted like fish, as they would put it. Um, to I th- I think where we're gonna start is you had mentioned something that was very interesting to me. You had said that you wanted to define slashers. And at first I was like, well, it's pretty self-explanatory, but then you made some interesting points. So why don't why don't you say what you were telling me earlier about how you define what a slasher is for you? For me, I think the, the biggest issue is obviously that they are, in fact, using some kind of knife, predominantly. Not mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, obvi- obviously... Jason you gets Jason, creative. You know, you, know, you know, who has used liquid nitrogen in the past. Literally. So, like, and it's also things like a slasher movie to start out with. The first one in the franchise, because we just assume there's at least three sequels, mm-hmm. should not really have a supernatural element to it. Like, there, there can, it can come in later, but in the beginning, there really shouldn't be one. It's one of those things, the only exception to that is Freddy Krueger. Because well, yeah. Freddy is inherently supernatural. But I think that I think the interesting thing about Freddy is that Freddy was the first, at least that I can remember, he was the first truly supernatural slasher. Yes, the one that at least one in a way that isn't sort of functionally supernatural, but not canonically. Like right, because it's like you were saying before. Sam was saying that because uh, I made the point, I was like, but Michael Myers is supernatural. And she said, yes, but he is functionally supernatural, but he is not declaredly 
Yeah, no, like no one is saying, "Oh, it's the ghost of Michael Myers." It, everyone said it's Michael. He's just he's he's a shark. He's dead mm-hmm. inside. He's just out to kill everybody. Right. And the fact that he can apparently take a bullet and fall out of a second story window and then get up and walk away is just kind of part of who Michael is. Yeah, but like, <laughs> it's you know, just part of his life. You know, we don't really get into the supernatural element of it until we get to the third one, which was awful. You know what's funny? I've never actually watched. The third Halloween, because I've always heard... I didn't even think... Does does Michael Myers have anything to do with it? He he does have something to do with it. It's kind of tangential. It's it's sort of... They, they tried to explain why, why he he's was, functionally yeah. supernatural, and yeah. the answer is, like, Celtic paganism. <laughs> <laughs> and evil, which is bad. Um, which is why the name of the movie is Season of the Witch. But um, Yeah, and, and I mean... I always, I always just skip numbers. I skip three and I skip five because I was like, we we know there's no reason. And I have seen bits and pieces of five, but three, mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't even think it had anything to do with Michael Myers. So I was like, why am I going to watch this? There is, in the history of my watching horror movies, I have never found a fifth sequel that was good. Whatever is number five is almost universally terrible. What is the fifth one in, in Nightmare? I want to say it's Freddy's Dead, but I'm not sure. I can't even remember. If I would I'm have being to look honest, it up. Fr- Freddy is not my like my go-to. I really love the first one. The second one is good. I love um, the second one, and I think we'll talk about I, that in our pride I episode. Love, <laughs> I, I love Wes Craven's New Nightmare. That's I one of my favorite ones. Like all that meta shit. Yeah, you know, but um, but yeah, no, those ones in the middle get kind of hazy for me. But um, yeah, because they they're kind of Dream Child is number five. Sarah what is, what is Dream Child? I don't even remember. I don't even remember the plot to that one. It's I, been I, so long since I've seen some of these movies um, that like I don't even. I'm like a Dream Child. Yeah, no, Who, we're gonna need to do like a full on. Wait, is that the one where Freddy becomes a dad? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that was that, which <laughs> is exactly like we were saying the weirdest fucking like, movie yeah, in that no, franchise. No, number five is always terrible because number five is the one where it isn't Jason. Number five in Halloween, I think, is the one with the little girl. Which, it is the which one actually with the isn't terrible. That one's it's not, not bad. Ter- well, the little girl is in number still four. Not good. The 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 girl is in number yeah. four, but then the story kind of yeah, it got a little drags on into five. It got a little it, yeah. twisted. Yeah, but um, Saw Five is shit. You know, it's it's, it's well, <laughs> Saw anything after two is really kind of not the, great. The first three make a cohesive trilogy, but we'll talk about that when we get to torture porn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to say um, is. Slasher movies are kind of weird in that they, they're they're very fluid because there's there's certain things about a slasher movie that could just as easily be a thriller. There's certain things about slasher movies that could just as easily be supernatural horror. They can veer toward torture porn. I would argue that the entire Texas Chainsaw franchise like is oh, teetering absolutely. on the edge. Yeah, because it's power tools behaving badly. I mean, I will never forget the first time I saw Leatherface put that girl on the meat hook. Oh, and that's I was like, awful! Oh. oh my god, like, it is the worst. You can't even fathom it because <laughs> it's like it's not like the other horror movies where they're like, the second you get stabbed, she's dead. She's oh, not yeah. like, no, she's oh. gonna be there for she's like, hours. She is literally like, plot, like <laughs> oh, trying to get off the, and it's like, oh my god. On the other hand, though, it's such a wonderful shot, though, from I like know. from from like a cinematography cinematography perspective. Cinematography. Cinematographic. 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 (laughs) It was a pretty picture (laughs) because it's the it's the camera just behind the hook and you're watching him like drag her toward it and it's just it's so awful and it's just I know and (laughs) it really is like torture. Yes, it is torture. It's but it's torture for the 
audience. It's not, it, I mean, obviously it's torture for her, but like, I don't think it falls into torture porn because it is, it's a, it's more effective than torture porn. And I think, like you said, we'll get into it yeah, later, but no, we'll, we'll get into that more. Um, I, I do think that when it, when it comes to Texas Chainsaw, that was like the first really graphically violent. Well, uh, I don't know. Nightmare also. <sighs> I mean, Texas Chainsaw was also kind of going for sort of that gritty realism approach, which is mm. not something that many of the other slasher movies really go for. Mm. Because in, in most of the slasher movies, what you have is you have this basically unkillable machine that's well, that's yeah. that's going after people and, and is just killing them in like the weirdest wily e. coyote fucking ways that you can imagine. <laughs> like <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre is pretty straightforward. There's a bunch of fucking crazy rednecks in this house. Yeah. And, and these people just happen upon and, and it. And these people just kind of wandered in here and they're not gonna walk out. Yeah. So it's it's much more kind of Texas Chainsaw, the first one, is kind of the only slasher movie that feels like you could wander into that on your own. Yeah. Like and like, not walk out of it. <laughs> yeah, because like, like with no warning, like there's really at no point in Texas Chainsaw that you're like, okay, guys, like this should have been a giant red flag turn around because they kind of can't. Yeah, by the so time they find it, it's too late. Like plot wise, Texas Chainsaw might actually be the best of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then what would you say? Would you say that Texas Chainsaw is one of your favorites? The first one, yes. Basically, none of the sequels were good. No, I, at least I, I don't I, think I didn't any, enjoy of the sequels any of them, are especially worth it. not by the time we got to like. Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> all right, all right. Oh no. But, um, that was terrible. Please cut that. I'm <laughs> I know <anything>. you're not. <laughs> I, I beg at least one time on every episode. Every no, episode, but, uh, there's one thing she begs me thing. to cut and it will never, ever, it will be never cut. ever happen. Um, until I take over editing. What would you <laughs> say then is your favorite slasher movie? I, I think I'm, I bet I could. I I have an idea. Of you what want I you think. want to guess? You I would guess, guess it's. I would guess that it's it's Jason. It's Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth is my favorite series. He is my favorite slasher. Like Jason. But, Jason is my boy. But the original Friday the Thirteenth is not your favorite movie. It's not my favorite slasher movie. I think my favorite slasher movie, the one that I get consistent enjoyment out of and still like creeps me out, is the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like I I think the first Halloween is kind of the perfect. It it is it is the perfect form of the slasher movie. I think it is it is the model by which all others are judged. I actually agree. And I, what's funny is I was thinking I was like, I was trying to decide because I do love Scream. I think anyone of our generation loves Scream mm-hmm. as a horror movie and as a slasher. I do think it is one of the best slashers ever made. But I think it owes so much of its success. To Halloween. And like you said, Halloween is the movie where like every October 30th, I'm sitting there on Verizon yeah, being like, okay, it. is it here? And of course it's not because once because again, they want an app purchases. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we all own copies of it. It's just like, I don't want to take out the DVD. I know. I'm like, I don't want to take out the Blu-ray. So I'm going to see just which fucking app I can find it on. Like, and David and I got Shudder not that long mm-hmm. ago. And they have had such a good selection of the Halloween movies. Are you trying to get sponsored by Shudder? I wouldn't be mad, but I want them to. I want Shudder to know that whether they sponsor us or not, I will continue to give them my money because it is absolutely worth it. You never tell them that up front. That's a terrible bargaining position. I, I listen. They can have their way with me. I am making it clear. I love Shudder. I think everyone should have it. We have watched so many good horror movies on. I've watched. I mean, I watch Halloween over and over and over again. They have the original 1978. 
Halloween. They have Halloween 2. I've watched Halloween 4. I know they have Halloween 3. Uh, I have, like I said, not watched yeah. it because I always kind of was like, I don't know what this is and I don't care. Um, I have watched uh, both of the Gremlins movies. I, it is a great selection of horror movies, and if you're not subscribed to Shudder, you absolutely should be. But... Um, mm-hmm. I, it's like you said before, I love Halloween. I think it is the quintessential slasher movie. Even I know people credit Black Christmas as being the first slasher movie, and it was, but I think Halloween was the first one that really, really captured the horror audience. Don't you think? I think it just it set up the formula. Like, yeah. like everything that came before. Like Black Christmas is a, is a good movie, and it's, it's scary in places, certainly, but it's mm-hmm. not that kind of it's not the archetype it's not it's not yeah. that familiar pacing it's not the familiar character types it's not it's not any of the things that we kind of like if we watch a movie and these things are present we instantly go oh this is a slasher movie mm-hmm. like it's it's not really those things and it's, well yeah because the genre didn't really exist at the time no it was kind of it was burgeoning and mm-hmm. I think Halloween is kind of what nailed down what was in the genre and what wasn't mm-hmm because especially, like, we were talking before about defining it, like, it's, it's one of those things, there are lots of horror movies out there that have serial killers in them, but, like, a lot of them are thrillers. Like, things like Silence of the Lambs. Um, I, would, I would argue that... Um, What's the one with Angelina Jolie, where she's an FBI agent? Oh, um, Taking Lives, is that the one I'm thinking lives. of? Taking Lives, there's there's Murder by Numbers. Murder there's, by Numbers. There's a, a lot Bullock. of Sandra Bullock. You be nice to Sandra. That movie, though, <laughs> that is a hard movie you to watch. You mean where she befriends the incel so he doesn't kill her? <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah, because <laughs> she's slightly sympathetic I love, to that him. Call, I love that he's an incel. He I never is even thought an about incel. It. If you watch he that is. fucking, I actually watched that movie fairly recently because it was on demand and I had nothing better to do. And I love Sandra Bullock. So I love I'm Sandra like, Bullock as well, but that movie is <laughs> That's a rough one. It's a rough movie. I'd watch but, Bird Box again before. It, I <laughs> See, Bird Box and The Happening are trying to create a whole new subgenre, and I don't think we're buying. I'm but it's, not buying. It's that creepy shit we're never going to show you, but can totally kill you. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, no. Um, thrillers are a completely separate animal because it's kind of more on like there's there's supposed to be more of like an emotional sort of. There has to be a reason he's killing people, and it, it's it's more like true crime. It's it's yeah. it's more like you're frequently looking at it from the view of law enforcement. You don't have those like big finale showdowns that are the result of like. It's usually the reason the showdown happens is because the cop catches up with the killer, not the other way around. Yeah, and um, I also think that with thrillers, there's more of an element of. Not that there isn't mystery in a slasher, but. It's more about the mystery of like, what is going to happen? How are we going to solve this? You know, and it's, it's like, no one's trying to, I mean, people are trying to solve a slasher, but it's not the main people point People are trying of to survive a slasher. Yeah, like, exactly. Because like, the, the slasher you're usually seeing from the point of view of a victim. A thriller you're usually watching from the point of view of someone who's trying to prevent there being another victim. Exactly. So it's kind of, you know, thrillers or slasher movies that like got perfect 4.0 GPAs and went to Yale. Yeah, they're cop movies. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Es- essentially, most of the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, that's kind of the difference, I would argue, between a slasher movie and a thriller. Um, Supernatural stuff, again, discounting Freddy because Freddy is an anomaly in all ways. (laughs) Freddy is practically his own genre. I know, basically. (laughs) 
<laughs> like he's kind of a comedy. He's kind of not. Like he's kind of a slasher. He's kind of not. He's like the Bob Saget <laughs> of, of slasher movies. He's the hardest working man in horror. <laughs> the hardest. Oh, he is. Poor he's Robert like Nichols. Johnny Carson. <laughs> he is. He's fucking Jeff Johnny Paul. Carson with knives is Freddy yeah. Krueger. <laughs> and look what happened to Freddy the minute they take that away from Robert Englund. Did they? Yeah, when they oh, did the remake. Oh, when they did the remake. I totally... I forgot that that and, even existed. And he decided to do his fucking Rorschach voice, because that's apparently just the only voice he does. Who played Freddy? Um, the guy who played Rorschach in, in, in Watchmen. I can't remember his fucking... Jackie Earl Haley. That's oh. his name. Um, I, and see, Haley, that was... When they said they were... I didn't watch... Well, that, actually, that's not true. I did watch the remake of Friday the 13th. I did not watch um, the remake of... Freddy. And the only and reason the only well what's funny is the only reason I watched um I wa- the only reason I watched the remake of Friday the 13th is because I knew someone who died in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I met her 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 name is um her name her name is America. She is actually Christian Campbell's wife. Do you know Christian Campbell? It all ties back. Christian Campbell is Nev Campbell's brother. He was in uh um uh what is it called? The Weed Movie. <laughs> the Weed Movie? No. Pineapple Express. No, 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 no. Harold the musical. The musical. Castle. The musical Weed Movie? There was a musical. Reaver Madness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why can't I? Th- I'm, I've been having such fucking brain farts. I'm on so many antihistamines right now. I've I've been I've what had I've had terrible allergies for like a week, and I have taken Flonase, Allegra, Claritin, all, all. But I've like doubled the dosage on everything. So right now, everything is purple. I don't know what I'm seeing. Like every, I'm just like I have overdosed. When we went to Dad's birthday dinner the other, and we did go to our father's birthday dinner the other night. That is a whole other episode. But we we. <laughs> You're going to do an episode on what you ordered. Fucking I'm going to do an episode on what it's like to have dinner with dad while I'm fucking stoned on antihistamines. Oh, God. Uh, but I was. I was stoned off my ass. So if I'm if I'm having trouble recalling details today, that is absolutely why. It's because I am on so much fucking Allegra D and Claritin D. I've had all the D. And don't make the joke. <laughs> you just did it for me. I don't have to make the joke now. <laughs> Yeah, he was in, Christian Campbell was in Reefer Madness. You may know him from Reefer Madness. He was also in the, the famous gay movie, Trick. Yes, every every <laughs> homosexual boy's first gay movie. Um, and he is married to this woman named America, and she's an actress as well. She's actually in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark on Broadway. And she's still living? That's what I said. I was like, it's nice to know you survived when I met her. <laughs> And uh, she, I, I read her, I was talking to her and she said she had been in, a, in the new Friday the 13th movie and I watched it and she, she, uh, she does die in the movie. I won't tell you when or how, but I watched it and I was like, I was like, my God, I wonder, like, I wonder what it must be like to be married to someone who dies in one of these movies. Like if the first time you have a fight, you just like go in the other room and blast their death scene. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck this. The most passive aggressive thing. Oh, that's That's absolutely what I would do. If David and I were in the middle of a fight, I would just go in the living room and like turn on whatever movie he he died in and I'd just like rewind until he came in and was like, what the fuck are you doing? I've got to tell you though, I feel like I am not in any way like an actor or a performer. Like I'm not. But I I feel like. Yes, you are. That's a lie. Okay, in high school, that does not count. But You did stand up, you did musicals, you did plays, you were good at it, you can calm down. That was all over 10 years ago, but whatever. I think but, it's very generous of you okay. to say 10. 
See, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this this right here. At this point, it was closer to 20. It really wasn't. I am 33. In high school, you were 15. 15 plus You're 20 seriously gonna do this is right 35. Now. Okay. Closer to 20. You should see her sweating right now, you listeners. Are <laughs> Literally, she's refilling her glass. He's, he's two and a half years younger than me. Uh, yeah, listen, but I'm still closer to ten because it's two and a half plus two and a half, so it's kind of five. <laughs> that was some creative math. You got me. Yeah, give me that. I was not good at math in high school. I'm finally good at it now that I'm trying to. Yeah, get whenever, years of my whenever, life whenever, back. whenever you're trying to make me feel old. Yeah, no, you're you get really good at math. Um. <clears throat> Okay, fine. It was closer to 20. It was it was a little bit closer. To which 20. I think only proves my point further. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I shot myself in the foot on yeah, that. Yeah, you one, did. Didn't I? You were you were in such a rush to make me feel like perimenopausal that you had to like fuck it. Okay. <laughs> so, you were saying you are not an actress, you are no, not No, I'm a- not an actress and I'm not a performer, <laughs> which I think my work on this podcast only proves. That is a lie. But <laughs> The point I was going to say, what I was going to say was, I think if there was ever a thing I would want to do where I was actually going to be in a movie, I think the only thing I would want to do is a death scene in the slasher movie. I oh, think absolutely. That, I think that I would love to, like, get put into the makeup and all of that other crap and, like, scream my head off and get an axe through the face. Like, I think that just sounds like a really fun time. I, do, I definitely <laughs> agree. I also think that if I was going to die in a horror movie, I would want... The most, like, graphic, over-the-top death you have ever seen. I want to go through a fucking wood chipper. I don't, want, I, I don't want anything in between. Either I am the killer or I die in a wood chipper. Nothing well, in between. Well, I mean, those aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> well, that's also true. <laughs> but, um, Did, who died in a wood chipper? Who got put in a wood chipper? Um, everyone in Fargo, but it wasn't really a <laughs> kill. It was a Didn't, body disposal. Wasn't there a, a killer who, who went into a wood chipper? Did Jason go into a wood chipper? Not that I recall. No, because he never really got destroyed utterly until... Somebody went into... Hold, please hold. Until number nine. Fact check. Yeah, he did get and destroyed I think, in number I th- nine, but he got shot to they, shit. No, they got... They, they, like, shot him full of bullets and blew and him blew up. And blew him up, yeah, with, like, a fucking torpedo. Like, they nuked him. <laughs> <laughs> and he still came back. <laughs> well, yeah, but he came back as, like, a creepy little demon worm thing, and it was it was really stupid. Bianna, I had I always had a very specific kind of desire for my, for my slasher death scene. A, I wanted to be in a Friday the Thirteenth movie, um, <laughs> at, because Jason in several films basically just picks someone up by the face and crushes their skull <laughs> with his hands. In every movie after three, pretty much every movie after three, <laughs> and like I always wanted that to be mine. You like, wanted like, to get like face that crushed. Was, I wanted it to be face crushed specifically by Kane Hodder. <laughs> like, like I, I even had the Jason picked out. Like, like, like I. Want, but I you have met Kane, Kane Hodder, Hodder, haven't you? I have met Kane Hodder, and he's a lovely human being. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, he he is a lovely human being. Um, he's he's very nice. He's very calm. Is he? Yeah. No. Like you would you would expect him to be like a little bit more of an excitable guy because I've like read the interviews and things like that. And when he is in Jason's headspace, he is in the headspace. Really. Um, 
I've read a number of interviews where he, like, has given, like, his internal monologue during scenes while he's watching the movies, and it is all, like, really very much like, you're gonna die, bitch. Like, it is really, it gets pretty dark. Oh my god. And you would have thought that, like, he, he would just not be this, like, really super nice, granted, huge, but, like, <laughs> like because he is enormous. I know. I've but, been like, in the vicinity of him, but I have never met like, him. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was, that was always, that was my little gay horror fan dream forever was I was gonna be in a Friday the 13th movie, and I I was gonna get my face crushed by Kane Hodder. Mm. I don't know who I would want to kill me. I think I I I would want to die by the hand of Michael Myers, but I think I would be <laughs> I would want to die, but I would be scared to die at the hand of Ghostface. Because I think Ghostface, like, even as an actor, like the idea of being chased by Ghostface, like, that would actually probably scare me a little bit. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I like about Jason is I'm not required to do any running beforehand. Like, at Well, all, you at, are. At, He's not. At all times. <laughs> well, no, because he likes to sneak up on people, too. So I feel like I could have a cardio-free death yeah, on a Friday true. the 13th. Like, like, in Scream, you gotta run. <laughs> like, like, like you, you're gonna run, or, like, you might get lucky, like, Randy, and get pulled into a van, or, like, you might get completely wrecked, like Olivia in number four, who didn't see it coming and then just got destroyed. <laughs> like, like, Jason. Like, like, like Jason in, like, uh, uh... Like, she looked like Jason in, in the beginning of, of fucking number nine. Yeah, is that Goes to Hell? Jason yeah, that's goes Jason hell. Goes to Hell. My goodness. Um... What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, Olivia really got fucking wrecked. That was almost fucking unnecessary. Wrecked, like, terrible. Like, that one sequence in fucking Jurassic World when Katie McGrath is getting it. <laughs> and, like, like it's just so violent that you can feel the rest of the audience becoming uncomfortable as it drags on. <laughs> and you're like, my God. And, it's, and he's, like, oh. pulling out her intestines yeah, and dancing no. with them, doing the fucking electric slide. Like, you're like, doing, what are you doing, he's Ghostface? Doing fucking Magic Mike with her stuff. <laughs> like, the, the one day he forgot his Xanax. Like, what <laughs> Seriously. God, Ghostface, get your shit together. (laughs) And it's also just like, I mean, not to spoil the ending of that movie, like in case you haven't seen this film that came 10 years ago. But the idea that that was supposed to be like the other Culkin doing that, I find completely I unbelievable. Especially since like, I don't think he is physically capable of picking not. her up. Like, like <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like all of the deaths that like you can attribute to uh, Emma Roberts, like... I'm not saying they make more sense, but I sure as fuck don't think that one made sense for him. Like, no. it was one of those things, it's like, this guy looks like he weighs about 10 pounds. He did not lift that girl, like, by her hair and swing her like a shot. <laughs> like the trunch the ball. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like, like, who the fuck? Are you a pig, <laughs> Olivia? <laughs> oh no, God. ma'am. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> 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 you know what is the weirdest fucking thing? Total, total fucking tangent. <laughs> I, I am... In my other life as a loser, I watch Call the Midwife on the BBC, <laughs> and the, which is a period drama set in the 50s about midwives in London delivering babies for poor people. It is this very heartwarming, like, like, like very much like a feel-good kind of show, and the Trunchbull is on it as a sassy nun, and like, <laughs> I, my whole thing is like, this is what I would want, like, if, if I was ever pregnant... And, like, about to deliver. Who I want telling me that I can do this is the fucking Trunchbull. The Trunchbull. That is who I want. She would literally just reach in and take it out. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Like, like, I would just feel so much more confident. It's funny to see her, like, not as the Trunchbull, too, because she is actually, like, a very beautiful woman. Like, very, like, really very, like, not. No, um, they, they, they had to do a lot to, to trunch her. To trunch her. Yeah, yeah. they basically Christian Bale invited her. Yeah. 
Um, so the the thing, what I know you said that Jason is your favorite slasher, right? Yes. Would you say that he is your absolute sla- favorite slasher? Yes. In terms of him as a character, J- Jason is my guy. 100%. Like hand, hands down, like, I don't think I even really need to think about it. Jason's my boy. Jason is absolutely it for you. Yes. I think, if nothing else, he is the most creative. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, with his kills. Uh, well, I mean, else, I wasn't I talking mean, about the macaroni art. I was talking about the kills. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Freddie makes some beautiful music on his recorder. I mean, he does, but, like, Freddie also has, like, Freddie is not limited by the real world to the same extent that Jason has a limited amount of limitations from the real world. I mean, granted, he can mm. teleport, but at the same time, well, he can't turn into a giant caterpillar and eat a stoner. Well, like, that's, that's not a thing Jason can do. I'm trying to think you know, of... Uh, yet. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, if we're talking about who is the most creative in, a, in the real world, no supernatural... Yeah, with no supernatural abilities. I do think that Michael gives him a run for his money. I, I mean I don't I don't think it's nearly as uh, as creative as as Jason, but I do think that Michael at least puts in a little effort sometimes. Oh yeah, no, I mean like he's not just phoning it in, but at the same time, like <laughs> the, the the sleeping bag kill, like the sleeping, well, the, yeah. the sleeping bag kill is amazing. Like in in, in, in all <laughs> in all iterations, he just picks her up and just slams her head into a tree and beats someone else to death with <laughs> right? her. Well, that's in Jason X. That's yeah. <laughs> That's that's the second version. Can of the I sleeping tell you a little kill. secret? Go ahead. In the remake, America is a sleeping bag kill. Oh. <laughs> Lucky bitch. I know she is. <laughs> it's not nearly as interesting as that one, but no, it is okay. a sleeping bag kill. Um, it's actually funny that that got us to Jason X because that was the first one I saw in theaters. I was with you actually. I know we went together to see Jason X, and that was the first movie. I, the first. Friday the 13th movie that either of us were able to see. It was the first one that had come in, out. Yeah. <laughs> when well, we were of an age to of go. Of an age to go, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, what other what other Friday the 13th movies came out in the 90s? Um, Jason Did Goes Manhattan? to Hell. Um, Jason Takes Manhattan. Was I'm Jason Takes sure. Manhattan in the 90s or was it the late 80s? Hold on. Another, another I, think, little... I, th- I think it's early 90s. I will say Jason Takes Manhattan has, uh, it was 1989. Oh, man, I missed it uh, one year. I know, one year. Um, it does have one of the, like, coolest kills. And, yeah, uh, Ghost to Hell was 93. Yeah, Ghost to Hell was 93. So I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't go for that one. And Jason X was the one after Ghost to Hell. Yeah. So nice. it would have been the first one that we were... In any... In any way, way shape, or form. ...of going to see. Yeah. Um, I think Jason Takes Manhattan has one of the coolest kills, and it's when he's boxing the kid on the roof. Oh, it's one of my favorites. And it's like, woof. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I can do <laughs> it. I think there is even a line, so like, I'm going to knock your block off, and then bam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to boop your nose. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> poor kid. I'm trying to remember if it was six or seven, one of my other favorite. And I mean, we're going to do a Friday the 13th episode, obviously. Uh, but, but, like, it's, probably it's one of those things, like, probably, how many movies are we at now? <laughs> we're not doing one for the remake. The remake doesn't get one. But Freddy versus Jason. Sorry, America. The remake was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. But um, it was not good. It was at, really in and of not itself. Good. No offense to your friend, but it was it was absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah, no. One of my other favorite Jason kills. I, I think it's in six. Is when he grabs this guy by the back of the head and just slams him so hard into the side of an RV that you see the impression of his face like it's a fucking Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
like there's a little indent for the mouth like up in there like that is not physically possible <laughs> the guy's like madam mim he's like ouch <laughs> yeah no so that is why jason is my favorite is because jason is part bugs bunny and i love him <laughs> he is kind of part bugs bunny <laughs> Uh, and like a little bit wily e. coyote too though because he always like just yeah. kind of wanders aimlessly <laughs> into some awful trap yeah especially at the end of every movie it's a little it's, it's a little like oh my god look at this beautiful idiot like, like fucking Tommy Jarvis is trying to like come out to the lake Jason I'm not gonna throw a big heavy chain around your neck or anything that's not what this is for it's like oh that was my mom's sweater yeah you must be my mom and Jason's like oh free bird seed like, like, <laughs> And he's looking at her like like a like a border collie looking at someone who's whistling too high. He's like, <laughs> yeah, no, he does the head tilt, and all of them do the fucking head tilt because Michael has done it once or twice too. But they all do that RCA dog kind of like. Mm-hmm. Slightly askance. And I think it's literally like, only because they were like, how do you personify someone whose face you never see? Like, how do you make them act like a person? Except for the end of movie, every movie when you see Jason's, you always see. Jason's yeah, face. yeah. Michael, you actually see in the first one. Very, in the first one briefly. for like half a second. And, and in, some, in some versions, it's actually even cut out. Yeah, I know, which is super weird to me. I think it's because... They don't want him to be personified, I think. Yeah, they just like, want him to be the shape. That's, that's one of the things about the first one. Like, that's <laughs> why Michael Myers, I don't consider a supernatural slasher, is because like... You have that brief moment where you're like, oh, it's like just some 20-year-old kid. Mm. And even in the new Halloween in 2018, which, by the way, was a great fucking movie. It was movie, a great movie, and we um, do later. You see his face almost entirely. Yeah, almost. And it was kind of weird because I'm like, he has a beard? He has a beard, which like, is I weird. don't know how I feel about this. Like, I know. He looks like... <laughs> Like, I don't it's know if like I can manicured. Handle, I don't that's know if I can handle like old Michael Myers. Like I don't know I don't if know. I can deal with that. It is very strange. And I, if I'm not mistaken, it was he was played by Nick Castle. So yeah, he was. it was like it was a really cool moment. And that actually is a really great segue for me because Michael Myers is my all-time favorite slasher. I and I know I, I respect Jason for his creativity. <laughs> I respect Freddy for his gay wit. But uh, <laughs> But I but I have to give it to Michael Myers for being the first guy to scare the fuck out of me and to be like, there is nothing quite as creepy to me as seeing that mask like slowly walking down a dark street. Oh, it's it's awful. Like like especially in that that first movie, that that scene where she's kind of at the door and he's just walking across the street toward her and she's like banging oh, yeah. let in. It's terrifying. Yeah, and in the second one, it's it's mimicked even to a more horror-inducing point by the by when she's trying to get in the elevator when he's chasing yeah. her through the basement i remember the first time i watched that scene i was like oh girl oh, <laughs> press the button press that button press that button girl press that button you turned into fucking whoopi goldberg from ghost you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm like laurie you in danger girl uh but yeah i i think michael myers just has a way because jason and michael i think are on par with like if you are within three feet of them, you are done. Like, there is not, you're yeah, not almost, coming back from that. Almost universally. Yeah. Yeah, no, basically, unless your name is Laurie Strode. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Laurie is the only person who has ever survived Michael to any extent, I think, right? Except the little girl. I think the little girl. Yeah, yeah no, she, she made it. Um, and Dr. Loomis doesn't ever 
Dr. Loomis Never Dies by Michael's hand. Like, like unfortunately, the actor, Donald Pleasance, died sort of between sequels, so we never saw him again. How is it explained that Loomis survives the fire? I really don't know. Did he? I didn't think he did. I thought I he thought died he in back. two. I mean, he very well might, but I, I, if he comes he back, back, it must I, be I think three. all this episode is proving is that I really need to watch like, the, Halloween the Halloween series, series again. <laughs> because I never watch past number one, really. Well, like, like, I watch I mean, I'll one watch two. all the time. I like two a lot. But, like, two is good. But, like, I think I watched it <clears throat> six months ago, and I just don't watch it as regularly as the rest of them. Um, like, Jason, I think I've watched the entire, entire series through something like ten times for, per sequel. You know, what's funny about Halloween is I'll watch one and two infinitely and the sequels, I really like, I don't fuck with a lot of the sequels. Like I'll watch four if it's on, but I'm not going to go looking for it. I'll watch H2O because usually it's the only one that they have on demand if it's not Resurrection and I don't watch Resurrection. Well, because Resurrection doesn't exist. Yeah, it's basic. They were like, well, our mistake. Sorry. So sorry. Like Resurrection <laughs> and both of the Rob Zombie remakes never happened. So, oh. so like, I was just, uh, oh my God, I'm so <laughs> disgusted. I was, I was scrolling through Facebook right before we started oh recording this podcast and someone was like, someone shared the, uh, MTV cribs of Rob Zombie and they were like, oh, my favorite horror icon. I was like, fuck that. I was like, Rob Zombie has destroyed most horror franchises. Like, I know that this is like. Not at all popular <laughs> opinion. I didn't like House of a Thousand Corpses. I didn't either. Like, like I, I really didn't. I didn't enjoy it. It's that even kind as a of, teenager, I was like, "This is dumb." You know what it is? It's that kind of. In most slasher movies, like you see the death and you you see the kill, and it's the anticipation is 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 the worst part. Fun and the the kill the payoff is fun, like. Rob Zombie's movies have a tendency to linger on it for about five minutes too long. Yeah. It's, it's that you are asking me now to like take serious joy in watching this person suffer and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain why watching someone suffer is a bad thing when all we're doing is talking about horror movies. But like, it's like, I'm not here to watch them suffer. I'm, I'm, here because the scare excites me. No, but like I'm not here to be like giddy about it. And yeah, I, I think, and I'm not I here to enjoy someone dying. Kind of a line for me. It, it's it's not <laughs> like we're having like a deep discussion right now. I know. All um, of a sudden, this conversation is <laughs> done. All of a sudden, a this got really, really. <clears throat> it, it's it's really just I don't. I have always personally felt when I have watched a Rob Zombie movie, I always feel like the focus is so much on the killer. Mm. that I, it has always been coded to me that I'm kind of supposed to be enjoying what they do in a more direct way than I would say really any of the other slasher movies do that. Yeah. So it's kind of, it feels a little more voyeuristic. It feels a little more dirty, frankly, yeah. than, it, than it does in any other one. And I might just be a snob and a half. I probably am. I also just fucking hate Rob Zombie, and your wife's not that fucking good an actress. She's just not. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you got you got real passionate about that one. It's just he puts her in everything. And who's his like, wife? Uh, Soleil Moonfrey. Oh, I don't even know. Who uh, she is. was Laurie in the remakes. Oh, yeah, she's really not yeah, she's that really great. and not that good. An actress. My biggest criticism of the remakes was that like it almost felt like they were trying to like 
humanize Michael Myers when the whole point is that he is not a humanized entity. Like, it makes it very clear in the first and second original movie that Loomis is saying he's like, no, he is literally just he's, the embodiment he's of evil. Empty. Yeah. He is he is he is a fucking soulless murder machine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like he's he's tortured, he was abused, he's this, he's that. And it's like, so so what are you saying that it's okay to become yeah. a mass murderer if you're abused and and, and whatever? And not, not that I'm saying Which that is- not that not that I'm saying that people who are <laughs> abused um should not be sim- sympathized with, but that it doesn't excuse bad behavior either, especially when that bad behavior is violent. No, but like this is a perfect segue also to another point that we had talked about sort of before we started doing this that we decided to include. Like a lot of slashers do have tragic backstories. Mm-hmm. Like, like I mean, varying in terms of tragic, like Freddie deserved yeah. everything he got. Yeah. But like, like no question. Yeah, Freddie was. But like, like Jason is, you know, essentially a developmentally disabled boy who drowns in a lake. Yeah. Like, because his camp counselors weren't watching him. Like, like, that's a very sympathetic backstory. The fact that he then goes on to murder, like, literally hundreds of people. <laughs> like. Is a bit inexcusable. It, it, it's, it's a little problematic. <laughs> problematic. You know, our favorite like, word. Our favorite word. Problematic. But, like, it's that kind of, you know, but Jason is also kind of, it's kind of explained away as he, he is kind of like this, kind of this big dumb man baby who doesn't really understand right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, but he, he clearly is enjoying himself. So I have kind of a hard yeah. time believing that. Yeah. I, I <coughs> And I think there's a difference between giving some kind of backstory so it makes sense to the audience why they are doing what they are doing and then taking that backstory and giving it, um, a propose, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I don't think explaining something is one thing, but then giving it power is a completely different yeah, one. No, and ass- I feel like Rob Zombie often gave it power. Assigning motive and then like using that to absolve someone of blame is a far cry from, hey, this is why he's so fucked up. Yeah. Like, like yeah. it's one of those things like, like, I don't know. Did you ever watch Sleepaway Camp? Yeah. Sle- Sleepaway Camp is one of my favorite slasher movies. I love Sleepaway Camp. it's so Camp. stupid. I know. <laughs> and the ending is so dumb. But, like, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things, it's that exactly. It's like Angela or Peter or whatever you want to call that character is, you know, has a very tragic backstory, doesn't really change the fact that, you know, he or she killed a whole lot of people. I know. Like, like, like and it kind of <laughs> wasn't okay. You know, like... <laughs> But it's it's that kind of I, I mean and sleepaway camp could be its whole other episode and like whole, and it probably and it will probably be. will be <laughs> about like trans panic and gay panic and horror movies because that's a yeah. big part of that but like different episode yeah um <laughs> but yeah no I feel like particularly um Rob Zombie but a lot of a lot of modern slasher movies kind of toe that line sometimes between is this sympathetic or is it trying to excuse what happens next? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, especially like the revenge ones, things like I Know What You Did Last Summer and, and like Urban Legend and, and a bunch of other ones where it is explicitly revenge on a specific group of people. Mm-hmm. Like kind of blur that line. Yeah, absolutely. 
but and I do love Urban Legend. Oh, I'm glad that you brought it up. I love Urban Legend. <laughs> it is such a good bad movie. <laughs> so as long as we're talking about why? Oh God, why? She's so why? Good. It's so good though. <laughs> Rebecca like, Gayhart is the best killer there has ever I, been. I, I don't care what anyone says. I can't believe she didn't have a bigger career uh, after Urban. Legend well, I think it's because then crazy. after that, I think she went on to actually kill someone by accident but that's, wait for real yeah. it, it's actually a really really sad story i oh, shouldn't no. have even brought it up it, okay. it, she uh she accidentally like hit a little kid with her car oh no yeah i know it's really sad that's and terrible. it was it was absolutely an accident and i know it was an accident and i i don't mean to oh i feel really bad making it uncomfortable i know it's really sad she did she uh she did she hit she oh, hit someone with terrible. her car unfortunately she brandied um, <laughs> but can someone explain to me how she can do that but like Fucking Jenner gets away with Caitlyn it's, Jenner. It's fine. Yeah, I, know. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> apparently, you have to be. It's, apparently, you have to be a Kardashian. My like, favorite, my favorite uh, quote from any drag queen is when Sharon Needles plays Caitlyn Jenner in the Snatch Game when she's touring mm-hmm. with uh, I forget what it is, Work the World or whatever tour it is, and she she's always like she's she's always playing Caitlyn Jenner and she's like beep beep toot toot buckle up buckaroo oh, like God. it's such a it's such a good. <laughs> moment it's so funny um so we actually have something really fun that we're introducing in this episode and i'm really excited to get into it we're going to play some games yeah just to change it up for you guys a little bit we're gonna play some games i like games we love games but i'm very competitive i will be uh you're a sore loser super honest (laughs) i'm insulted that you would call me that you would throw video game controllers down and walk out of the room in a huff. I if don't you lost. recall this. You have never played an entire game of Monopoly without like being merged into our sister's team. <laughs> we do. We we call it the merger. It, 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 happens, it happens every about, game of Monopoly at about turn twenty in every game of Monopoly. Yeah, we have ever there played. always comes a point where, and for whatever reason, <laughs> I am always the target. I'm always targeted, and I am always out almost first because you're bad with fake money. I'm bad with real money. <laughs> it only makes sense. Um, and I am always targeted by my siblings, and so I am forced to then make a decision whether I, want to, whether I want to end my Monopoly tenure or I can merge with Jessica and become Jessica, J&J. Jessica sent Bob to jail because he took his own $200 from the bank because she, she wasn't paying stole, attention. She said he stole from the bank and she like sent him to Jesse jail. Like he was Jesse fucking James. One day, one day, we have to have Jessica on this podcast so everyone else can see the neuroses. It's happen, Sam. Because I, we, I love our sister Jessica. I am very excited to have her on this podcast one day. That's all I'm going to say about okay, that. But anyway, on to the game. On to the game. We're going to play a little game, and it is called Good Trope, Bad Trope. Would you like to explain the rules so, for our viewers? So the way Good Trope, Bad Trope works is essentially we're going to flip a coin <laughs> on a on a trope in the horror genre. And Do we have a coin? No, we probably should have seen <laughs> to that first. Um, so as... As Pissy goes to find a coin, um, essentially we're going to list a common trope within a genre or a subgenre, and one of us needs to defend that trope and explain why it's the best thing ever, and one of us needs to kind of tear it to pieces and say why it needs to die. So, <laughs> a terrible violent death, preferably at the hands of Kane <laughs> as, as, as Staying true to the theme of the episode. Yes. 
All right, hold on. I found a coin. You you found a giant bottle of coins. (laughs) The one thing I learned from our father: every time I have Have change, I put I put it in uh, this. It's literally, it's a V eight tropical blend bottle. Nice. Um, And it's mostly quarters because the rest of my change I literally just like throw at homeless people. But um, (laughs) (laughs) well, not at them, to them. You kind of made it sound like you were like just walking. I don't assault. I don't assault the game and (laughs) I don't assault homeless people with nickels. I just I give them I give them my change, but not if it's quarters. (laughs) So I probably have like thirty dollars in in quarters here in a V eight splash. Okay, well we only need twenty (laughs) five. I mean, technically, we only need a penny. All right, so we're going to play this game. Uh, It's called Good Trope, Bad Trope, and as Sam said. Uh, we're going to flip a coin, and one person has to defend the trope, and one person has to offend the trope. Okay, so let's do it this way just for the sake of ease. Um, you flip the coin this time. If it comes up heads, you have to defend it, and if it comes up tails, you have to tear it down. Okay, I'm flipping now. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you for asking. It was a quarter. It wasn't a a hand grenade. You don't know. I do know. I'm looking at it. It's a quarter. (laughs) It could be a hand grenade shaped like a quarter. Why would you keep that in your V8 bottle? Why wouldn't I keep that in a V8? (laughs) Maybe you should stop doing the fancy flip thing and just like toss it in the air. There you go. Heads. What does that mean? That means you have to defend. Okay. And the first one is the rules. Oh. As given to us by Randy and Scream. Okay, so exactly. The rules are the general rules of how to survive or exist in a horror movie. A slasher movie, specifically. <clears throat> yes, specifically a slasher movie, uh, which is... I'm running in there in the slasher movie. And um, <laughs> I'm going to defend it. Are you ready? Here we go. Uh, this, is, this is like divorce go. court. I'm divorcing myself from the truth. Um, <laughs> you don't like the rules? Okay, go ahead. The rules have literally created the system by which we create horror movies that are slashers. The rules have made uh, basically slasher movies possible. They have given us, they have allowed the audience to know who to root for, who's going to die, why they died, why they should die. It, it is the rules have given some semblance of order to an otherwise chaotic genre. That's your defense? That is my defense. Okay. Rebuttal. I might come back in with a, a okay. second <laughs> okay. defense when we get to it. You'll, you'll have a rebuttal? <laughs> Maybe. I'll have a rebuttal to I the I would rebuttal. like to reclaim my time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So essentially, since I have to tear this down and I do feel the need to point out that, like, this is only sort of kind of how I feel um, <laughs> in real life. But um, – I am going to say that the rules make it too predictable. Like, like it's one of those things. Like, if you're watching a, a scary movie and you see, you know, a slut, a jock, a drunk, and like one sweet virginal like Snow White impersonator, you know who's gonna die and who's not. Mm. Some of the best horror movies, I think, are the ones that break that. F- things like, for example, Sydney Prescott's not a virgin at the end of Scream, mm. like by design. And Sydney is one of the best kick-ass final girls that's ever been. There's no need for the rules. Well. And my rebuttal to that will be the fact that having the rules makes Scream a less predictable horror movie. Because the audience knows the rules, whether they they have been clearly pointed out to them or not, 
people expect that when people do certain things in a horror movie, they will have these repercussions. And it allowed Scream to not only state the rules, but then to break them. That's fair. I'll accept that. Mostly because <laughs> I'm on the pro side of this. Anyway. Okay, so what happened to the quarter? The quarter is here. Okay. Yeah, all right. Sam is going to flip for the next trope. <laughs> and I'm not going to be doing like circus tricks with this. <laughs> I got... Tails. Tails, oh no. So this does is that terrible. Mean, so does that mean I have to tear it down? You have to tear I'm it so down. I'm so mad because this is like my oh. this is like my TM'd horror <laughs> term. I'm so mad. Okay. <laughs> so um the next trope is the corpse gauntlet. The corpse gauntlet. Which is my favorite part of any slasher movie, so I feel like <laughs> I'm gonna feel really bad in about five minutes. Um like, <laughs> Um, the corpse gauntlet is during the final chase scene with any final girl in almost all slasher movies, she's going to run past a lot of bodies of her dead friends, like yes. artfully <laughs> strewn in like really interesting <laughs> positions. But um, <laughs> like the guy who like flops down in Halloween and he's hanging upside down oh. is one of my favorite ones. Um, like everything in Friday the 13th. Um, so here's, here's my argument against the corpse gauntlet, <laughs> which is my favorite part of the movie. Um, <laughs> I hate this game. Who came up with this game? Oh, wait, you it did. Was me. Um, okay. Um, I feel like it's just throwing a bunch of jump scares in at the end where we, like, we already know these people are dead. What does this add to anything? It's just to make her more hysterical. And the idea that, like, Jason took the time to, like, collect the bodies and then, like, make a diorama out of his forest home with them <laughs> is kind of nuts. Like, 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 like he's, he's walking around, like, they're posable G.I. Joes going, like, like, oh, I think this one, like, no, I think I like him better sitting. No, because that hides the blood. Hold on, let me hang him upside down and flop him angrily. Also, like, how do they fall perfectly when she's running past them? Like, Jason's running behind her with a remote control like like wait 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 damn it too late like like it just implies a lot more organization than I think any of these guys are capable of. So, so, so it kind of breaks it kind of breaks the willful suspension of disbelief just a little bit. So my rebuttal <laughs> my rebuttal to your anti-corpse gauntletness oh because I know you hate the corpse gauntlet. It's the worst part. Is that <laughs> <laughs> I am going to say that the, the corpse gauntlet is necessary because it propels the, the hero to the finale. And not only does it do that, but it demonstrates that the killer is on a level of psychosis that we did not even imagine was possible, that he has collected these bodies as trophies and he is displaying them as though they were in a trophy case. You've convinced you. me. I'm convinced you. <laughs> I also slipped into Moira Rose. You I was did. like, is this what we want for our little town? Homeless toddlers? <laughs> oh my God. That you can throw nickels at. <laughs> <laughs> do you like do you like Shits Creek? I've, I've watched a couple of episodes and I've enjoyed them. I haven't watched the whole thing, though. You have to watch the second season because that's when it finds its footing. And that is Where an actual she... quote from Schitt's Creek. Moira Rose gets onto town council <laughs> oh almost by accident. And she ends up having to argue a bill that she actually proposed because someone pointed out to her that it was nonsensical. So she starts rambling. And the quote is, is that what we want for our little town? Homeless toddlers? <laughs> And I, um, it is hysterical. I only made it to the episode where she sings Oh Danny Boy 35 times at some guy's funeral. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> okay, so it's it's your flip this time. We have one more. Oh, Danny Boy. The pipe. 
the pipes are calling. Okay, so all right, I got heads. <laughs> you got heads, and the, the last trope is um, we wrote down is run, don't walk. Run, don't walk, and I I named it run, don't walk because we've already alluded to this in the past yes. that <laughs> while <laughs> any final girl or heroine is manically running for the front door or the police station or the helicopter or whatever is her escape. Like pissy when she sees the ice cream truck. Like pissy when she sees <laughs> really any truck. <laughs> like a dog. Um, Your word's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> the killer seems to be able to catch up to her without having to break a sweat. And I'm going to or say... really at all. Really move at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sam has already pointed out that uh, Jason has an uncanny ability to teleport yeah. when he is 40 <laughs> miles behind them, and then they turn a corner and he's there to kill them. Jason's playing Portal. <laughs> Jason <laughs> is playing Portal. He's absolutely uh, disapparating and apparating at will. He's a wizard. He's a wizard, Jason. Um <laughs> I'm going to argue for... Yes, you are going to argue run, for don't run, walk. don't walk. Yes. And I'm going to say, I think it, while it is, it does require some suspension of disbelief, it is necessary that the, the uh, hero has to believe that they are always in danger. And I think that it, it keeps the hero on their toes knowing that they could the killer could pop out from any place and it also uh plays into the fact that not every uh villain i'm really having a hard time arguing this one <laughs> not every not every villain is bound by the rules of physics no most <laughs> of them are most of them are not um and i think that as a trope it's actually really interesting because it kind of plays into the predator and prey element of what these movies are. Yeah. And so to know that the killer could kill them without actually having to exert much energy or, or experiencing much difficulty, I think is part of what makes them so scary. It's what makes you know that if you encounter Jason in the dark, you are going to die because you can't run away. And if you're within three feet of him, he's going to crush your face against a truck. See, my argument, though, is that I feel like the, the run-don't-walk thing does the exact opposite of that. Like, like, I feel like it gives her so much lead time that it's hard to feel like she's in danger. Because it's like he's hundreds of feet behind her. Like, she, she's like a full football field ahead of him. <laughs> and if she would just stop tripping on shit, she'd be fine. Like, if he ever tried to kill someone, like, at a track meet, he'd be fucked. <laughs> like, like if he, if he, well, he could just wait, and like eventually they'll make it well, around the track again. Well, I would like to think no one would be so fucking stupid as to go in the circle. <laughs> no! Like, like, I wasn't like, expecting him to be here. But, like, seriously, you put anyone on flat terrain, they're fucked. They, they can't, like, they can't do it. It's one of those things, like, Michael Myers, like we were talking about the scene before, when she's banging on the door of the house. If he really wanted Lori dead... He could have gotten there before little Tommy like opened his eyes and rubbed him out of sleep and looked <laughs> out the window. Lori could have been dead. But the fact that he insisted on walking like a grandpa walking into a New Balance store across <laughs> the fucking street toward Lori Strode is the only reason why Jamie Lee gets a sequel. Like, <laughs> But to be fair, it also emphasizes that A, Michael probably takes joy in the hunt and is enjoying her fear. And, and watching her uh, in 
uh, like the suspense of the moment. And B, it also kind of comes back to uh, him not having to exert much energy because he knows that there's n- there's no distance you could go to actually get away from him. It's almost like the movie It Follows. You know what I mean? Yeah, except good. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not making any kind of That's positive fine. argument I know. for It Follows. I'm just <laughs> the only thing I am going to say, to, and this is, this is my, my rebuttal to that, I think one of the most frightening sequences in a slasher movie ever is Leatherface chasing that girl through the woods at the end of Texas. Oh, absolutely. Like, because he's running. Yeah. He is running at her in a pantsuit with a fucking <laughs> chainsaw. Like Hillary Clinton like, in the woods. <laughs> like Hillary when she found out about Monica. <laughs> just, just booking it down there. And yes, that was a cheap shot at Hillary. <laughs> but like, it's... I'm, I'm not child, making fun of Hillary. I'm a child I'm of the 90s. It's in pantsuits. my DNA. <laughs> but, but, like, but yeah, no, it's just Leatherface running through the woods in a fucking blue polyester pantsuit <laughs> with a chainsaw, and it's fucking scary. It is absolutely scary. And I, I honestly, I'm, I, can, I can make the argument both ways because it's like, I, I know we're- Well, that's we're, why we played the game. I know, we're, we're <laughs> choosing, we're, we had to choose one way or another using the coin, and, but I think this is really the one- trope where I'm like, well, I can kind of see it both ways because there's a part of me that's like, there is nothing scarier than like a killer like Ghostface who will chase you the fuck down and kill you. Yeah. Like there's no getting away from Ghostface. Yeah. And he's an Olympic sprinter, by the way. So yeah, he is like he he <laughs> so was on the track the team. <laughs> Literally, he is a Kenyan. Um, <laughs> but there's also something to be said for like the scene in Halloween 2 where Lori is trying desperately to get out of that room, and the only way out is that elevator, and Michael is enjoying the suspense of creeping up on her. Although, when the door opened, one would think he would be like, oh, maybe I should pick oh, up the pace. Up. Yeah, no. um, but yeah, th- I think I, I really enjoyed that game. I, I had a lot of fun <laughs> playing it. I'm glad. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Um, I was told it might feel a little educational, so I'm kind of glad that it worked <laughs> out and was entertaining. <laughs> I was a little worried. I didn't know exactly how it was going to go. <laughs> I'm like um, Ms. Frizzle. I make learning fun. Ms. Frizzle. And I'm a lesbian. And you're Kate McKinnon. I am not Kate McKinnon. If I was Kate McKinnon, I would not be sitting in this fucking chair. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't love you, but you don't know Kate McKinnon, or I would be here a lot more. You know what is the one trope we actually didn't talk about? What's that? I, I mean, we, we circled around it, but we yeah. never talked about it as a trope, is the idea of the final girl. The final girl is the best trope in all of horror. And it kind of it. is. And I mean, I'm saying that, like, obviously full of prurient self-interest because I am I am a woman. <laughs> but, like, so, so I fucking love the final girl. But, um, I mean, I think a lot of men like it too, but that's kind of needlessly politicizing <laughs> it. But um, the final girl is, is it's such an, it's, it's such a weird trope because it's that kind of, like, we already, it's, it's like, you have all this exposition where you're clearly showing us who the hero of this story is. Like you're, you're, you're telling us who is going to last to the end essentially, but like it still feels like a surprise at the end every time. <laughs> like, like you're not really sure if you picked the right one mm-hmm. all the time until people start having sex and doing drugs. Yeah. And, <laughs> and even then sometimes it changes. Yeah. And even then sometimes, you know, you get thrown a loop, but, <laughs> but, um, no, it's, it's also just the, the final girl is what, allows slasher movies to have so many sequels. And I think that obviously the two best examples of this are Scream and Halloween because you have 
final girls that come back over and over again, where you have Laurie Strode and you have Sydney Prescott. Um, Jason does have one, except it's a boy. It's a final boy. His name I is know. Tommy Jarvis. He's, <laughs> he's only in, I think, two of the sequels, but it's, it's, but he does have a final boy. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, we've talked about this so many times, I feel like I'm a broken record on it, but it's that idea that, like, in slasher movies, eventually you start to root for the killer because he's the only person who you know by, by, you know, episode four, the only person you know anything about is Jason. So having that final girl character be the same type of person every time is kind of this very subtle way to kind of get you to feel like you know a character when you really don't. Mm -hmm. That was the end of my thought. (laughs) <laughs> that long-winded rambling long-winded. I was like, I was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're sitting there like counting the minutes no I was not counting the minutes it's okay. I, I, I agree I do love the, the final girl as an idea because I think it really gives you A the opportunity for a franchise which is what any horror mm-hmm. fan really wants and B, it gives you someone... <laughs> We're going to be doing our episode on remakes and sequels soon. Oh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, it gives you someone that you can relate to because I think it... Especially Scream for me, Scream's final girl is the most relatable because she's not perfect. She makes mistakes. She uh, she <clears throat> fucks things up with Cotton Weary yeah. and she uh, she has sex with her boyfriend when she shouldn't. And, uh, you know, I, I don't remember if she drinks at the party. I, I don't remember exactly what happens she does. in I that. I think she has a beer. I think she has a beer. And it's like, she was like any other girl, but for some reason she found it within herself to fight back. And, it, you know, I, I think that it kind of inspires you to say, well, if I was this person, would I survive? And the answer is, who the fuck knows? <laughs> because you, you don't know what you would do because in a situation like that. In, in a weird way, it's kind of realistic that way, where it, it's it doesn't matter how well, you follow the rules. If it's just not in you, it's just not in you. Yeah. But it's that kind of, and particularly from a feminist cinematic perspective, <laughs> um, the final girl is the only reason that I, as a feminist, can be okay with slasher movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, because it is literally just an hour and a half of, like, some guy just, like, absolutely mutilating young women. Absolutely. Um, and, and often very sexist and, frankly, like, patriarchy-affirming ways. So at the end, watching one of those, like, teenage girls kick him in the fucking balls and, like, drag (laughs) him from, like, one side of the screen to the other (laughs) is incredibly satisfying. I know. Especially in the new (laughs) Halloween. My God, Laurie Strode is a fucking badass. That movie should have come with a pussy hat on it. Like, like, it it was was amazing. It was so good. Like, it was John Carpenter went to the Women's March and felt really good after. (laughs) I should write a movie. I should write a movie. I should write my (laughs) old movie, but make it even more obvious. He didn't write it, though, did he? No, I don't think he did. Oh, that's But But the point is, like, I remember distinctly before we went to see this movie, and, and like, it's been out for several months now. If you guys haven't seen it, I'm sorry, but spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, I remember very distinctly saying to you, like, the one and only thing that could not happen in that movie or I was going to lose it was that Laurie couldn't die. Yeah. Like, Lor- like which is the reason Resurrection doesn't exist. It's yeah. Laurie Strode cannot die. And I, th- I think the beauty of it is that Clearly, Jamie Lee Curtis was getting tired of of playing into these tropes. She was getting tired of playing into what the audience expected of a horror movie. It seemed so simple. It seemed so... Formulaic. Formulaic. And not only that, but it's like you said, it did reinforce a lot of the patriarchal... Patriarchal. Patriarchal. I don't know. I I told you. Everything is purple. (laughs) Patriarchal 
stereotypes of these movies. <laughs> and I think that now that Jamie Lee is is a legit actress, uh, I think she wanted something that was a little more uh, interesting. And I think that the beauty of this movie is it, it played to everything you love about the Halloween franchise, but it also gave Laurie a storyline that was interesting and humanizing and and cool. And also really, like, addressed for the... F- for I feel, in one of the more meaningful ways I've seen it addressed... What happens to someone after they've been through something like yeah. that? Like, like it's one of those things. Like Sydney, like we 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 see Sydney Prescott kind of deal with her PTSD after the first yeah, one, and, and even but, and in Scream Four, yeah. she does. You know, she goes but, on the book tour and she. But does it's all, all that, kind but. of very affirming, and and like, like like it's one of those things. Like you know, she's the one who picks up the caller ID and goes, "Your name is Chris Smith." Like at the, the, the yeah. hope you enjoyed the movie. Like that's Sydney. Yeah. Like to find out that the way Lori dealt with that was to become like a reclusive shut in and put bars on all her windows is a yeah. very different reaction. And to literally, <laughs> uh, you know, like we said, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, like literally set up an entire created, house. She created of a mouse murder traps. house. <laughs> she did. She, she created, created a murder, murder house. house. She she turned into H H Holmes for one guy. She did. For one. <laughs> Dude. For one guy, and, and was actively in prison, and it was necessary. That's the it part, and and I think it one day worked. we will actually talk about yeah, this more in depth when we talk about the Halloween franchise. I think my favorite moment ever in in a in a horror movie sequel did happen in that movie, but we'll talk about it. I bet I know what it is, and we'll I, talk I'm about sure it. Sure, you know what it is, but it's fine. <laughs> but I do agree. I think that the final girl trope is is something that's very interesting, and it is nuanced, especially these days now that it's getting broken and and played with in different ways that we have final girls and final boys and, and that the people you think are the final girls sometimes turn out to be the killers or, yeah. or things like that. Um, I thought I think Scream it, I 4 did, did, a really interesting, did a really interesting take on that. I agree, but Kevin, uh, Kevin Williamson yeah. is, is just yeah, genius he, when it comes to stuff like that. He writes the rules and then breaks them. So speaking of tropes and final girls, I wanted to play one last game before... Uh, Okay. Before we say goodbye on this podcast, uh, do you want to play a game? Not when you say it like that. I, mean, I, felt, <laughs> I felt like I had to. I already won because I know what it's called. So, <laughs> so we're gonna play a little game, and this uh, this game is called Live or Die. And the way this is going to work is each of us is going to come up with a scenario for the other one, and. Uh, it is going to be a scenario where you find yourself in a horror movie uh, type scenario or scene and you have to decide what your next action would be and the person who posed the the scenario gets to decide whether it was a good enough (laughs) tactic to save you. And this has nothing to do with Pissy liking to play God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pissy is next to godliness. So, do you want to go first, or do you um, want do you want me to? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. I'll, I'll read first. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm ready. I even like to type this up because I, <laughs> I knew damn well I wouldn't be able to think of something on the spot. <clears throat> okay. So, Pissy. Yes. Your best friend from high school calls you out of the blue and asks you to spend the weekend at his uncle's cabin with him and his friends because he knows you've been feeling down lately. Mm-hmm. You accept. Strike one. That, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that is already yeah. fictional. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> when you get there, you find that there is a weird drawing under the bed of your room, which appears to have been decorated for an eight-year-old. You were driven here, and there's no cell phone service. What do you do? Ooh. Am I in the woods? 
Yes, it is a cabin in the woods. In the woods. Like, deep in the woods? Like, we're talking, like, Evil Dead, there's a bridge that could curl in on itself kind of thing. Okay, what time of day is it? Well, you just got there, so let's say early afternoon. I get right back on, <laughs> on the road, and I get my you ass were, out of there. You were the, driven there. Did you, did you steal your friend's car and leave? Absolutely. Fuck my friend. <laughs> Fuck all my friends. If you, if you drive me to a cabin in the woods, mm-hmm. and I... If I'm putting my bag down and I see a drawing under my bed, and first of all, why the fuck are you putting me in an eight-year-old's room? That is homophobic. <laughs> it's homophobic. It's homophobic because of all of the assumptions about gay people being pedophiles. Homophobic. Well, he didn't put you in there with no, an eight-year-old. Oh, please. <laughs> homophobic. Okay. That is homophobic. Rule number one. Rule number two. My first action is going to be to say to my friend, do you see this fucking drawing on the floor? And if they say no, I take the keys and I leave them there. If they say yes, I say get the keys, we're leaving. If they say they're not leaving, I take the keys and I leave them. And if I have to fight them to the fucking death to get out of that cabin, I'm leaving. I am not staying in a room that has drawings on the fucking floor. (laughs) This is not Sleepy Hollow. I am not Christina Ricci. We are not fucking with this nonsense. Okay, so do you want your verdict? Yes. You die and I'll tell you how. Fuck. Okay. So you steal your friend's car, you drive off, right? Leaving all of your friends there to get murdered by whoever the fuck lives in these woods. The cops find the murders, and they find out that it's your friend's car. They trace the car, they find the car, they find you. Guess who they think killed all those people? So they grab But I don't die, I go to prison. Hold on. They bring you to prison, and you, being the only remaining survivor, get attacked by the killer in your jail cell, and you die. In the sequel... No, at the end <laughs> of number one, like in the last oh, reel. Police. You're the after credits kill. Police. You are the after credits kill in that scenario. You can't commit a crime in a horror movie and survive. Then I that. drive into the ocean then and I die. swim to England. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready for your scenario? I am ready. It may sound familiar. Vaguely familiar. Okay. Am I in an eight-year-old bedroom? Because that's homophobic. You are not in an eight-year-old's okay. bedroom. You are home alone. Shit. Okay. Well, there's my first mistake. Everything's going great. Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong. All the lights are on. Doors locked. Everything's fine. You start to make some popcorn. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're getting ready to watch a scary movie. Suddenly, the phone rings. And there's a spooky man who says he's outside. <laughs> spooky man in spooky clothes. <laughs> in spooky clothes. And he's outside and he's going to kill you. Now you don't have a big weapon and you don't know which door he is at. What do you do? Well, that depends. Am I in Casey Becker's house? Because she has a screen door that I can see through. <laughs> you can, you, um, you are in, you are in. You are in Casey Becker's house. Let's okay, I'm Casey in Becker's Casey Becker's house. house. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that was my um, neighbor's child. I don't have ghostly children he, in my he, apartment. Is he still on the phone? Uh, no, you hang up the phone. Oh, well, that's stupid. Well, okay. you're not going to sit and talk to him. You've seen this movie. I mean, I have seen this movie, but at the same time, like, if you keep him talking, you can keep him distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, no one help you with Stu, who's waiting outside on the patio, but whatever. Um... <laughs> I think I go through the back door, past the remains of my now very deceased boyfriend, and run like hell for the highway, because that's all. That's my only option left. There is no highway. 
What do you mean there's no highway? There has to be a road somewhere. There's a road in the front. Right? Yeah. So you're running to the front? Yeah, I guess. I'm, okay, I mean, I'm well, going to die. Like, it's well, not a question. Listen. I was going to say, if he was still on the phone, I was going to tell Billy his mother never loved him and then wait serenely for death. <laughs> I was like, like, I was like well, you do die because yeah. this is, in fact, exactly what happens in yeah, the movie. <laughs> she um, sneaks out the back door. I mean, everybody makes fun of Casey Becker, but, like, like at the end of the day, what was she going to do? I mean, the girl, like, climbed out on a roof and try, tried to shimmy down the gutter. Like, I don't think I can outdo that. I'm not that athletic. Yeah, I think that's a tough <laughs> one. I, I think the... I think the best way to have fought that situation would have been to uh, hang up with the killer, call the police, go upstairs. And I know that sounds antithetical in a horror movie, but you go upstairs, you barricade yourself in a room, uh, in your either, either your bedroom or your parents' bedroom, preferably your parents' bedroom because presumably they have an ensuite. You can lock the door and barricade it and then lock yourself in the bathroom so there are two doors between you and the killer, making it easier for the, the cops to get there before the killer can get to you. It's fair. I just don't know. I would argue, especially if this is taking place in the early 90s, that... I don't know how quickly the cops would actually get there. And particularly since we're working under the assumption that there are two killers just like in Scream and you don't know that. Mm. I feel like... I feel like there's a possibility that scenario could also backfire, but it's beside the point. It could backfire, but I don't see any other way. Do you? Because you can't go outside. They will get you if you go outside. I mean, they'll get you if you go outside. They'll get you if if they're inside. I mean, like... Not to be a bummer, but like in most home invasion scenarios, there's really not a lot you can do. I know. (laughs) I know. That's why I'm saying you have to put as many obstacles between you and them as possible. That's why I would I would choose a room with an ensuite. I would get as many. I would literally like the bed up against Mm -hmm. the door. I'm just trying to figure out like how you alone do that before they break it down. Well, I guess. I guess you would just have to be fucking quick. I mean, I could move my bed pretty quick. Because at that point, you're not worrying about ruining the bed. You're not like, oh, no. Oh, I mean, it's not like, it's, it's not like oh, no, the, the foot fell off. Now I have to die. <laughs> it's, 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 it's much more, I feel like, I mean, I happen to have, you know, I have a king-size bed in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, the idea of, like, me by myself, like, shoving that up against the door... And, like, what's going to have to essentially be, like, one push feels mm. kind of kind of out of place, I think. Like, granted, I think it's your adrenaline, best bet, though. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. You're going to be fair. the mom lifting the car off her, off her toddler or whatever the fuck Except happens. Except I'm saving my own ass, so I look like <laughs> twice as high. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. All right, kids. This was <clears> my <throat> spooky gay family. Did you enjoy this episode, Sam? I did enjoy this episode. I feel like um, this is yet another subject that we could have done, like, three or four episodes on. I know. So we I actually like we went will. really long on this episode. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. This is my Spooky Gay family. If you liked the episode, please feel free to like and subscribe. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, wherever you look, we will be there. Uh, my Spooky... Or is it Spooky Gay Fam? It is Spooky Gay Fam at Gmail for the email. Um, and we are my Spooky Gay family, I believe, on Facebook. Tumblr. Facebook, and Tumblr. And I believe also Instagram. And Well, Instagram, I think it's Spooky Gay Fam. Okay. 
Um, and I think we're going to, I think this and is. And all the links are on the website. Yeah, all the links are on the website, spookygayfamily.com. Uh, and that's it. My name is Pizzy Miles. My name is Sam Baxter. So that's all for us this week. Stay spoopy and remember. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Urban Legends, distributed by TriStar Pictures 1998. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duell Productions.